Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a child and father seek answers as they are haunted by a shadow person night after night in their apartment. What do they do to cope? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. 855-853-4802 is our phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. I've been really wanting to make it into like a jingle. Like 855-853-4802. What? 855-853-4802. That's cars for kids. 855-853-4802. Share your ghost story today. Something like that. That's cars for kids. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) And have children sing it. That wouldn't be weird or anything. Now have Uh, children sing it, then have some random weird... Creepy guy, afterwards. creepy guy that sings. And it's like like the ad, uh, yeah, for Cars for Kids, where it's a child, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this sounds like a borderline predator that's singing on the that's ad. That's a little predatorish. Eight five five. I'm nineteen, and yeah, and I shouldn't <laughs> be hanging out with these kids. Yeah, uh, it's a little <laughs> weird. Um, anyway, <laughs> so many weird rhymes I can make, but I'm not going to because please don't. Uh, it would it would be offensive. Um. Anyway, uh, 855-853-48. I'm going to be singing that now. Stop 4802 it. 4802 is our phone number. <laughs> I didn't even think it was going to work with the jingle, but it kind of does. Um, uh, you can call in there, share your real <laughs> ghost story, or uh, write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, and yes, support the program. If you like us, um, don't, don't donate your car to us, uh, but uh, please do uh, support us. $5 a month is all we ask. We don't even want your car. Uh, all you have to do is sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories and uh, get all the access to the bonus material our ebook our audiobook all that stuff and you allow us to continue to do this program and uh, make up other jingles to the cars for kids song um so jenny's quite excited right before we went on the air today she was <laughs> no. on her phone she's like yes what no open alligator hunting season is about to start in arkansas and jenny that's shit you not the other day on her birthday we were uh out uh i don't remember what we were looking for but we had to go to the sporting goods store (laughs) you really gonna tell this and you're like let's get a shotgun for my birthday I'm like, I cannot believe you're really going to tell this. Okay. Um, so we were standing in line, <laughs> but there was this like guy that was, I don't know. It, it was like what it was like the awkward kid from Goonies as an adult uh, who was like standing up there and just talking the ear off of the guy at the counter at, at, the, at the Academy sports store. And there was another older gentleman in front of us. And the older gentleman just looks at me. He's like, some people. I'm like, I know it's amazing how like people have no sense that there's other people waiting and he's just chatting it up with a guy, not realizing other people are here wanting to buy things. So we did not buy you a shotgun on your birthday, but I did pull a ticket uh, and I waited in line for a little bit while you looked at something else. 
I still can't believe you shared that. What's wrong with that? Because we're not typically gun people. Well, no, but we live in the country. and We there's... live in the country, and the other night we could hear boars the next field over. Yeah, so it's not a bad idea to have that for that. Yeah. And if you want to go open alligator hunting. I don't want to go alligator <laughs> hunting. I'm disturbed by the fact that there is an alligator season in Arkansas. Yeah. I figured down south by Louisiana probably. But it's for the whole freaking state. Yeah, that's amazing. I, and we got creeks and we got water. We got a river like, you know, 200 yards that way. And we have a nice little ditch up front that I just kept mowing at the lawnmower stuck in yesterday two or three times and high grass. It'd be perfect place for a gator. I'm glad you mowed the grass so that we can see. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Open alligator season in a state that normally doesn't have alligators or hasn't had them for quite some time. Yeah. Probably before records so hey i'm gonna get all kinds of shit mail because of you now why because you gotta you wanted to get a shotgun to protect yourself (laughs) it's not for like people it's for wild boars that may try and attack us or our 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 livestock yeah yeah so i know it's not she's not going alligator hunting anyone i'm just kidding about that but there's nothing wrong with having that for for. The Do you sake. remember the shit back when we first started that you got for shooting my birdhouse while trying to scare <laughs> off crows? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's what I'm in for. No, Thank you. It's not. It's protecting yourself from wild animals that are threatening. That's okay. all it is. Okay. You're not shooting birdhouses. You you literally you hung my birdhouse and you shot a hole in it the next day. I was trying to scare away a crow that would not leave. But um, and, I, and no birds, since, no birds were injured in in the scaring of the crows. Learned how smart crows are, and I wouldn't mind yeah. having a pet crow. They're amazingly smart. Mm-hmm. They're I'd like, have one. yeah, they can like use like a flying seven year old tools and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. They're like geniuses. Yeah, so no crows were ever harmed. Um, but one of those wild boars were like knocking on the door or something, trying to break in or eat the dog. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let the dog get eaten. No, you know so. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it was bad. Anyway, okay. <laughs> it's a fun excursion on your. It was going to a store, which we haven't done forever, and social distancing. I would I would have rather have us talked about um, our non-successful attempt at crawfishing. We can talk about that in a little bit. Okay, that was good. Time. That was fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, adventures here in the country. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go over to our first story. It says, "I'm a seventeen year old and I live in Bangladesh with my parents and two brothers in an apartment we own. My parents bought it before I was born." One night at around three o'clock in the morning in 2017, my dad went to the washroom. He ran back asking if any of us came near the washroom or not. None of us did, and he told us to check the apartment if there's an intruder. After an hour of searching, we were sure there was no intruder. He explained why he did our search. He was very sure he saw a shadow around three foot tall, and it ran to the, uh, the moment my dad saw it. After a few months of this incident, my dad felt something push him in the washroom. In April of 2018, my dad saw the shadow again. He called us right at that moment from our room at around 2 o'clock at night. The time I told everyone to be quiet and stay in our room, I turned off every electrical appliance except for the lights. It was so silent I could hear the fan from the upstairs apartment. I sat in the room. My dad saw the shadow and turned on my phone camera. And I asked, if anything is here in this apartment, please give me a sign. Can you show yourself? Remove the bottle there. You can push people. You can push that bottle. If anything is here, please give me a sign. 
With the corner of my eyes, I saw a black figure standing in the balcony. Our balcony relates to three rooms, so it's quite a big balcony. I quickly moved my head, and it was there. The shadow was there. It was a translucent human black figure, three feet tall, no face. Even though it was translucent and had no face, I could feel that the shadow was looking at me. I froze for a second, then I quickly pointed my camera at the shadow in hopes of having proof, but it ran before I got the chance to get in the uh, before I got the chance to get in the camera. I ran behind it, but as soon as I looked at the direction, the shadow ran. There was nothing. It disappeared before it reached the balcony. I came back to my room and asked my dad, is the shadow you saw translucent? Yes, he said. Was it three feet tall? Again, the answer was yes. Did it have a face? No, it didn't, he replied. I was now sure I saw the same thing my dad saw. I concentrated on the video, hoping I got something. But when I reached the part where I saw the shadow, my hopes of proof were gone. I got nothing. Just when I was going to pause the video and delete it, I heard a voice in the video. I can swear I did not hear this when I was recording. As I mentioned before, it was incredibly quiet, and if anyone had said anything, I should have heard it. In the recording, the moment I came from the balcony to the middle of the room in which I saw the shadow in a deep voice was recorded in the video, what it said was incoherent. A few weeks later, I was in my room texting my friends and slowly felt very sleepy. It was around three at night, and I have some local horror podcasts downloaded on my phone, and it suddenly started playing. I paused it, and I closed my eyes again. The podcast started playing again, and this time I could tell I could not move. Suddenly, a bell started ringing in front of my door, and I tried to scream. I struggled to scream, but no use. My parents are light sleepers, and it's impossible that my parents will not wake up to a sound this loud, but no help came. The sound of the bell dimmed slowly and stopped. Finally, my throat could make a voice. The podcast stopped, and I could move again. I asked my parents if they heard anything, and they were surprised to hear what happened, and they confirmed that they did not hear anything. A month after this incident, everything was normal, and after I came back from school, my mom asked, what happened last night? I was surprised. I was sure everything was normal. My mom explained that they heard me scream and everyone woke up and ran into my room. I was standing on my bed and pointing towards the balcony and there was nothing there. I'm surprised because I'm sure I do not sleepwalk and I remember the exact time I wake up at the night before to drink water. So why didn't I remember what happened that night? The very next day, something invisible grabbed my mom's head and threw her towards a wall. Thankfully, the injury was not severe. She swore she did not trip and she felt something grabbed her head, but it was invisible. We almost forgot these happened after almost a year of nothing paranormal happening. It was the season of mangoes in our country. Every house had at least one basket of mangoes. It was 10 at night and I was cutting a mango. And my mom suddenly scolded me. Why did you tell me your dad wanted a mango when he didn't? I was shocked as I was sitting here the whole time cutting a mango. And I explained to my mom that it was not me. My mom said that she clearly saw me coming to her room and asked. It was my voice that she heard. It was me that she saw. It was not me. I cannot be in two places at once. After this happened, we got our apartment blessed and nothing paranormal has happened. We did some renovations and again, a week after that, my little brother saw a shadow. I told the story to a guy at a paranormal place and right after he heard that, I did some renovation he asked if we did anything with the main door. We didn't. He said, blessing a house is like a mosquito net. We changed the doors. That means now there are holds in the net and not the shadow. You know, the shadow cannot come in. We did not experience anything new for quite a while. And I hope we do not in the future.
It's almost like the entity kept changing form. You know, it started out as the little shadow person and Mm -hmm. then it, you know, didn't have a shape when it pushed mom into the wall, but yet it also took on almost a doppelganger type form. It kept gaining in strength mm-hmm. of what it could do. And that's where I, you get people sometimes are like, ooh, shadow people are bad and evil and scary. And it's like, no, I think it's just kind of like the the early stages of something manifesting mm-hmm. is is what my opinion is, or a very light version of it. You know, it's like, you, um, it, I'm trying to think of like a, a paintbrush. You know, if you push really hard with that paintbrush, you're going to get a lot of paint on that canvas. Yeah. Um, but if you just go real lightly and and it's not a lot of pressure being pushed down, you're not going to get a lot. Same with like a marker or something. Mm-hmm. too. You can do it lightly. There's ways of doing it. And that's, that's where I kind of feel like a shadow person is at. Sure. It's not using all of its force. Sometimes I think we surprise it by us seeing it. I think sometimes they're not even thinking they're being seen because mm-hmm. most of the time they're not. So... Thank you for sharing that with us. I wish we had a season of mangoes. <laughs> a season of mangoes. I like mangoes, but mangoes are a pain in the ass. Yeah. Because you got to you gotta shave all the skin off of them. And then like a good quarter of it's not even eatable. Edible. Eatable is what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, I know edible is the correct word. Uh, but uh, because it's the core and it's just so hard. So you got to like do all that. It's a lot of work for, mm-hmm. for very little. You get a little bit of mango at the end of the day. But. Yeah. I like them pre pre sliced. I'm a mango snob. <laughs> I know I, I, I never like see mango in the store, but um, anyway, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Next letter says I've had many visits from my deceased brother. I'll call Ricky. History: My brother was murdered by his wife and her ex-military boyfriend for insurance money in two thousand three. They both were charged, convicted, and are currently incarcerated. After my brother was killed, his nine-year-old son, I'll call him Adam, my nephew was adopted by me, Vicky, and my husband at that time, Bob. Anyway, Adam had a hockey practice one evening, but had accidentally left his equipment in the truck of my car, which inconveniently was at my work. Adam also had homework, and there was no way he'd go to Aunt Vicky's work with Uncle Bob, do homework, and get to the community center on time. So for the first time since he came to live with us, we reluctantly left home alone. That evening, Bob got the hockey gear. Him and Adam went to practice, and I came home from work. When I tucked Adam into bed, I had a ritual. I would always ask him, what was the best part of your day, and what was the worst part of your day? Adam said it was strange after Uncle Bob left. A photo that we had of Adam in a glass frame fell off the top of the entertainment armoire in the living room. I left the bedroom and looked up and the picture was there in full tact. So I said to Adam, it's okay. It's not broken. He said, no, you don't get it. It just fell. I said, you mean it didn't fall when Uncle Bob left and slammed the door? Adam said, no. It was a while after Bob left. It just fell by itself. Plus, it didn't break. After my brother was killed, I have a physically sensitive aunt who turned me on to the books to have topics such as where spirits go in the afterlife, etc. I thought about these experts saying spirits often communicate through photographs. I also thought it was odd that a glass picture frame would not break after falling six feet to a hardwood floor. My interpretation that I shared with Adam was that since it was his first time alone in the house, that Adam's picture falling for no reason and not breaking was his dad's way of telling him that he really wasn't alone, but that his dad was actually there protecting him. This is of a warm tone 
Now that I know this site and this show exists, I would love to share more stories. I hope someone can relate to this story. Thank you. I would imagine that that's probably what it is. Something's watching out over him. Yeah. Just so he knows he's not by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty cut and dry there. Just a very small little sign that that's where he's at. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that uh, that experience with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. So the other day, um, we discovered something new and exciting and didn't even realize it was a thing until we did a little bit of research. Uh there, there's there's songs out there singing about fishing in crawfish holes. I always thought it meant like going to the creek where the crawfish are and uh-huh. you know, fishing them out of the creek. I didn't realize they actually burrowed into the ground and made little castles. Yeah, they make a chimney. Yeah. And I had no idea what the hell they were when I was mowing the lawn the other day. And then I looked up a YouTube video and there, there no shit, there's some guy with a string and bacon on the end of the string, trying to lure crawfish out of these little chimneys that they make in your lawn. Mm-hmm. And it tends to be near a water source. And I'm like, wow, that looks fun. So we tried it. Crawfishing. Yeah, we didn't get anything. We got no luck. No. Because you're supposed to like put like bacon on a string, but it, and it looks like, oh, I'll go down this hole. But the holes are like, they're not like straight down. They like go in like right and left and then you can't really drop something. Well, and you you fill it with water, which obviously yeah. that does not hurt the crawfish, but you fill yeah. it with water and then trying to get the floating piece of bacon on string yeah. to go down is a challenge. Yeah. So we did it wrong. We failed. If anyone is a crawfishing expert and would like to uh, <laughs> tell us their tips and tricks, we'd love to learn uh, the ways of the crawfisher. And Harp just laughs. She goes, you guys realize this is a snake hole, right? <laughs> and it's not a snake hole, but... Oh, that would have been funny if a snake came out of the hole. No, that would have been a funny farm moment. And that <laughs> like, would have been bad. Oh, my God. The thing is, right next to one of the crawfish holes was like a giant hole. And I don't know what lived down that, but... Alligator. It's like, I'm not going to just stick bacon down this one and see the what alligator happens. alligator hole. Do they live in holes? I don't know. I don't think so. Got to get they... that gun and find out. No. And just uh, <laughs> Jenny's. I'm just going to go shoot a shotgun down every hole in the yard and see what I get. It's called <laughs> fishing with a shotgun. No. And that's what Jenny does. Not going to do uh, that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We, of course, would love to hear them. Let's go to a phone call. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Tony and Jenny, it's Allie from Utah. Again, I've called in several times and I've just recently become an EPP and I love all of the extra content. I'm binging through all of the advanced episodes and the EPP episodes. Thank you for what you do. Um, just recently, I had heard you and Jenny talking about this border collie that visit you guys at your to-be-new home and that you were joking with Jenny that it's a ghost dog. And it reminded me of I have several stories about ghost dogs that have visited me and my family in my life, and I wanted to tell you guys about them. Um, I have about three stories. 
The first one is in my story. I wasn't born yet, but my parents had rented an apartment. Um, it was an apartment like above a detached garage of, I think, my dad's friend's home. So his friend allowed them to rent this apartment above the garage for, I want to say, a couple of months. And both my mom and dad would see there's like a sliding glass door to a small balcony of this apartment that would look onto the backyard. The backyard wasn't very big, but just behind the backyard was this big, tall grass field that went on for like miles. And both my mom and dad would see this great, big, shaggy sheepdog that was like black and white, solid as could be, um, running around the field. And they said it was almost like, uh, what is it? Kind of like a tape recording going over and over again. They'd see this dog run the same path. It'd get halfway through the field and would just disappear. Just completely vanish right before their eyes and it happened when both of them were looking it happened when it when it was just one of them so when they were moving out of the apartment my dad kind of said hey to his friend does anybody own a sheepdog around the neighborhood you know even though they kind of already suspected it was a spirit um he had asked his friend just to kind of disprove if it was another dog running around the neighborhood that would just like fall down a hole or get to a spot where the grass was too high for them to see it. And the neighbor's like, no, there hasn't been a sheepdog in the neighborhood since hours passed away. We had one 20 years ago while I was growing up that we had to unfortunately put down. So that's kind of my parents' ghost dog story. And then the second story was growing up in my childhood home, we had a black lab named Molly. Sweetest dog ever. She'd do these particular things. We had trained her to wait up at the top of the stairs while we were eating dinner. And she'd wait at the top of the stairs until we called her back down after dinner to get like food scraps and other things, but she was trained to wait for everybody to finish dinner before she could come down so she wouldn't sit there and like beg at the table. She'd also do this particular thing where upstairs there was three bedrooms and a hallway. Um, she'd lay in the middle of the hallway almost guarding our three bedrooms. And um, unfortunately, we ended up having to put her down when she was fairly young, about four years old due to um, liver failure. I want to say probably after a week or two that she was put to sleep, we would be sitting at the dining room table and all of us, all of my family would see out of our, the corner of our eyes, her still sitting up at the top of the stairs. But then you'd look like straight at the stairs and nothing would be there. You'd just see her out of the corner of your eye. We also had this odd incident of the spot she'd lay in in the hallway around the bedrooms. The wall she'd lean against always had this like black smudge across the wall. And my mom would wash it off. A couple days later, the smudge would reappear. 
she even repainted the wall and the smudge would still reappear and we just knew it was Molly watching out for us. We even had at one point gotten a new dog, a yellow one, and every now and then we'd look into the backyard and we'd see we had these eucalyptus bushes that we could see the top of the yellow dog and his tail walking by those bushes and every now and then we'd see two sets of tails, a yellow one, a black one, but a black dog wouldn't appear on the end of the row of bushes like the yellow one would. So we, she just kind of visited for a while to let us know that she was still there with us and that she was okay and everything was okay. And then my third story is I work at an animal shelter. And unfortunately, me being as sensitive as I am, I tend to feel things like animal-specific spirits that have passed on from the shelter come back and visit. I've had the feeling of cats rubbing up against my leg when all of the cats are in their cages and are accounted for and there was like nothing around me to be brushed up against. We'd be sitting there at the desk and you can hear purring like it was right next to you. And of course, there's no cats out. There's no cats near you. Um, oftentimes, it sounds like a dog's barking when there's either no dogs in the shelter at the point of time. And we have this one specific spirit that tends to visit us. But I don't know if he likes me specifically or because I am so sensitive, I see him the most. But I call him the ghost hound. Um, he's not like a specific breed called a ghost hound, but he is a black and tan um, coon hound or bloodhound. And oftentimes we'd be doing something and you could hear him howl. And hounds are very particular in they're the only breed that can make this sound. So oftentimes we'd hear him howling and there's no dogs in the shelter that can make that sound. And there's been a couple of times where I'm washing out dog kennels and out of the corner of my eye, I see a dog move in the kennel next to the one I'm cleaning and I go to clean that one and there's no dog in there. I've seen the dog kennels kind of have a separator about I want to say three feet tall, that is a solid separator, but then there's chain link that covers the rest of the kennel. And I'd see him poking his head up over the divider on the other side of the kennel that I'm currently in or that I'm cur currently in front of. And of course, there's no dog in that kennel. Um, there's one time where the power went out and we had our backup generator hadn't kicked in yet, but I had still had to continue cleaning. So I'm sitting there spraying down the dog kennels in the dark with my phone flashlight trying to guide where I'm looking at. And um, I literally see this black and tan coon hound looking at me from the back of the kennel as I'm looking down at the floor of the kennel spraying debris and soap and whatnot down and I see it not quite out of the corner of my eye but like I'm not completely focused on where it's at 
so I can see it, and then I look up directly at where it would be, and it's gone. So those are just a couple of my ghost animal stories. I can't wait to call in or hear what you guys think about them. They're, believe me, they're true. I've had so many experiences that I tell these stories to other people, and they're like, you have too many. you got to be making up some. And I really am not making any of this up. I'm so glad you guys have made this platform for people to, to speak and be believed and not have somebody say, well, you've just made that up. Because there's a lot of us out there who experience stuff like this all of the time where it almost makes you tired when the next incident happens. So I'll keep you guys posted on all of my supernatural and paranormal occurrences. Keep up what you guys are doing. It's amazing, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Bye. I almost wonder if some people are more sensitive just to animal spirits, but not so much people spirits. And, I could and see that. Vice versa. And maybe she's one of the ones that just, she just picks up on animals. It's interesting. I haven't ever thought of that, but it makes sense. I think I would be like that. I would think because I connect more with animals than actual living mm-hmm. human beings, um, that I would probably pick up on animal spirits more. You know, it's interesting because I I feel like I'm not a very sensitive person, but the only like physical feelings I've ever had from anything that I would consider paranormal were my cat. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if if I'm that same way too. Yeah. Or I'm more sensitive to things um, of that nature. I don't know. It, it's an interesting one to think of yeah. as we continue to get more questions than answers on our program. You know, that's just it, it tends to be uh, you know how it goes but it, it it there's a lot to unpack there in all of those stories um but yeah that that's an interesting way of thinking of it mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that uh, ex- uh, experience with us here or those experiences here with us on the program our phone number is 855-853-4802 to share yours uh 24 hours a day seven days a week and if you really like the show you keep us on the air you become an extra podcast person just go to ghostpodcast.com and sign up there or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to support the show and keep us on the air. Get all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, ebook, audiobook. It's all there when you sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>